Hello and welcome to The Forge. My name is James and this is the place where I teach verse by verse through the Bible. I am a retired U.S. Air Force Master Sergeant who went on to serve the Lord's Church as an assistant pastor, worship leader, and youth pastor. During my time in these roles, I finished seminary and I hold a Master of Arts in Biblical Studies and a Master of Divinity. I've been involved in ministry in some form for over 25 years, and it is my hope that this podcast will be a blessing to you as I teach from God's Word, the Bible. Forge exists to serve those whom the Holy Spirit is calling into a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. This is done through biblical teaching so that individuals understand God's forgiveness, live in its reality, and overcome the wounds caused by bondage to sin. I will always hold to the truth found in scriptures, and a summary of my doctrinal statement is worded perfectly in the five solas of the Reformation. I believe Christians experience gratefulness and renewed purpose as they are encouraged by the words of life, which spring from the Bible. I pray that this podcast plays a role in God's ongoing work in your life. Don't forget to look in the show notes for links to the podcast website where you can leave a donation or leave a voice message with questions. I will be collecting questions for a future Q&A podcast. Also, please leave a review on whatever platform you are using. That and telling others about this podcast are the two biggest things you can do for me. Now grab your Bible and get ready for a verse-by-verse study. May God bless the reading and the hearing of His Word. Welcome back to another episode of The Forge. We are really on the final stretch here as we come to chapter 45 of the book of Genesis. And I'm not going to do a whole lot of review here except to say that I'm very excited to get into this next chapter given where we left off. So take a moment to quiet your mind and prepare yourself for the hearing and the reading of God's holy word, beginning in Genesis 45, verse 1. Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, Make everyone go away from me. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. And Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years, 
the famine has been in the land and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God, and he has made me father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near to me, you and your children, your children's children, your flocks and your herds, and all that you have. There I will provide for you, lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty, for there are still five years of famine. And behold, your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my mouth that speaks to you. So you shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and of all that you have seen, and you shall hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell on his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept on his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brothers and wept over them, and after that his brothers talked with him. Now the report of it was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brothers have come. So it pleased Pharaoh and his servants well. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, Say to your brothers, Do this, load your animals and depart, go to the land of Canaan, bring your father and your households and come to me. I will give you the best of the land of Egypt, and you will eat the fat of the land. Now you are commanded to do this. Take carts out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and your wives. Bring your father and come. Also, do not be concerned about your goods, for the best of all of the land of Egypt is yours. Then the sons of Israel did so, and Joseph gave them carts according to the command of Pharaoh, and he gave them provisions for the journey. He gave all of them to each man changes of garments, but to Benjamin he gave three hundred pieces of silver and five changes of garments. And he sent to his father these things, ten donkeys loaded with good things of Egypt, and ten female donkeys loaded with grain, bread, and food for his father for the journey. So he sent his brothers away, and they departed, and he said to them, See that you do not become troubled along the way. Then they went up out of Egypt and came to the land of Canaan to Jacob their father, and they told him, saying, Joseph is still alive, and he is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart stood still, because he did not believe them. But when they told him all the words which Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the carts which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. Then Israel said, It is enough. Joseph, my son, is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. I would like to start off my commentary with this quote from R.C. Sproul. He states, quote, In this narrative of forgiveness and reconciliation, Joseph presents a model of submission to God's eternal and benevolent purpose. 
all the evil done to him by his brothers was only part of God's secret plan designed for the good, not only of Joseph, but of his wicked brothers as well. We learn that all things work together to accomplish God's excellent purpose, Romans 8, 28, not only for us who presently love God, but for the great multitude that will comprise the everlasting city, Revelation 7, 9. Notice, dear listener, Sproul's reference to the very last book of the Bible. Interesting how the final book ties together with the first one in the canon of Scripture. So it is that Joseph finally reveals himself to his brothers after charging all the Egyptians to leave the room. I believe that Joseph was beardless and shaved bald, and I tend to imagine him in a place of gold and turquoise. He was probably dark brown in complexion with turquoise eye makeup and black eyeliner. Perhaps he was wearing some formal headdress as he was, after all, hearing a legal matter in the midst of all of this. He wore the Pharaoh's signet ring and golden chain, remember, that was given to him by Pharaoh. And I usually imagine him in some kind of a royal robe, and perhaps he even had a scepter of some kind with a cobra's head at the top. Since he would be hearing this case, I also imagine him sitting on a throne where he would make a judgment, and he would have his official staff and guards ready to carry out his judgment. And perhaps there was even a scribe similar to a court reporter. So imagine their surprise when Joseph, now overcome with emotions, cries out for everyone to leave him at once. I want you to try to imagine what it would have been like to restrain yourself under such circumstances. And I believe he began to weep and well. Why do I say this? Well, because the Bible states here in verse 2 that he wept aloud and that the house of Pharaoh heard it. He can no longer contain himself. And I believe that his staff, his personnel, the servants, all those who were around him, part of his workforce, they had never seen this leader behave in such a way. This royal viceroy now descends the throne and approaches the brothers with tears streaming down his face. Why do you suppose Joseph asked everyone, his servants, his attendants, workers, personal assistant, and all the others to leave him? Notice that no one stood with him while he made himself known to his brothers. Why? I believe what we see here is something that was a very deep and private and personal thing to Joseph. He may have even shown them that he was circumcised because the pagans would not be. And remember, the circumcision would be a sign of the covenant people. And he must appear to be a strong leader to all the Egyptians. If he is troubled, all those who look to his leadership would be troubled. This pagan culture was very superstitious. 
this ruler of Egypt must be kept happy and comfortable. He was probably seen in their eyes as a conduit for the gods or even the one true living God. If he is not happy, it might indicate that the gods are not happy. So what vision or dream had he just had in the midst of hearing this case? As Joseph begins to explain what has happened over the last 22 years, the brothers can hardly believe it. In fact, they are rocked to their core. Remember in Judah's defense before Joseph, Joseph, he had referenced his father's fragile state. Joseph had been listening and now he states, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? And the ancient church father Christensen wrote of this unfolding drama, quote, I am surprised at the way they could stand there and gape without their soul parting company with their body, without their going out of their mind or hiding themselves in the ground. Joseph can obviously see through his tear-soaked eyes that his brothers are paralyzed with fear. The Bible says that they were dismayed in Joseph's presence. They were probably thinking, this is really it, boys. We are done. And he does remind them in verse 4, remember, he says, you sold me into slavery here. You sold me into Egypt. But he assures them that what they meant for evil, God meant for good. In fact, he tells them that it was not them, but God who had placed Joseph there. And the reason was so that God would save them and all their family members this day. And then in verse 5, he tells them that God placed Joseph there to preserve life. And he reminds them in verse 7 that it was God who had sent Joseph ahead of them. And he repeats it again in verse 8. And in verse 9, he states that God has made Joseph Lord of all Egypt. He tells them to go get the rest of the family and bring them down to Egypt. And by this time, no doubt, word reaches Pharaoh and he sends wagons with the brothers. And Pharaoh tells them, I will give you the best of the land of Egypt and you will eat the fat of the land. He tells them that they are not to even be concerned with their own personal property because the best of Egypt is theirs. You know, I love what John Calvin wrote about this passage. He stated, this is an especially significant passage for it teaches us that the true course of events is never disturbed by the wickedness and malice of men. On the contrary, God directs men's confused and turbulent movements to a good end. Also, it shows us how we ought to think of God's providence and how we are to profit from it. As we look at verses 14 through 15, it seems to indicate that there was a time of calming down and talking, trying to gain back the years now gone forever. Imagine 20 years of life events and changes, and now multiply that times 12 brothers. 
Imagine Joseph bringing out his sons to meet their uncles. And imagine as the brothers meet Joseph's wife for the first time. And no doubt in private conversation, she had comforted the heartbroken Joseph. And I'm sure she knew the full story. But remember my assertion from earlier. I stated that I believe that she had learned to trust in the one true living God. And I believe that she was also touched by God's grace. And like her husband, she would not place herself in the place of God to judge what these brothers had done. Indeed, had they not done what they had done, she would not have her husband. So the point is, there was a lot of catching up to do. There was a lot of talking. So moving on to verse 16 is where we see that the full report is now given to Pharaoh. And imagine, you know, (laughs) the news of the Nile or, (laughs) you know, a newspaper or a, a newscasting service, um, CNN, only it wouldn't be CNN. It would be, I don't know, I guess something from ancient Egypt. Who knows? (laughs) News of the Nile. So imagine as word spread throughout the kingdom, through the ruling class. Notice that Pharaoh and all his servants were well pleased, the Bible says, well pleased at all this news. And verse 17 shows us Pharaoh's first command to Joseph since Joseph's appointment in chapter 41, verse 40. And I believe that Pharaoh, like any good leader in this kind of a situation, wanted to stay on Joseph's good side. Pharaoh's still the king. He's still number one. But he obviously was not threatened by Joseph. And Joseph had made no political move against Pharaoh. And Joseph was probably, in all honesty, the perfect servant after all. This is what he has learned, is how to be a servant. And if anything, Pharaoh wanted to stay on the good side of Joseph's one true and living God. These are no longer sons of Jacob. But notice the slight change as we consider verse 21. These are sons of Israel. Sons of Israel. And there is favor given to Benjamin. Notice that also, not only was he given favor during the feast that they had, but now he receives 300 pieces of silver and five changes of garments. Significantly, the other brothers do not seem to care. They are not jealous. Indeed, they were happy for Benjamin. But we ought to pause and notice the garments see, clothing, which had been a symbol of Joseph's selection by Jacob, and thus it had become an item of contention between he and his brothers, it was now given freely by Joseph in this really what would be considered a gesture of reconciliation. It's almost as if he was saying, forget the garments of the past. Now wear these. And isn't that what the Lord does for us? 
In fact, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you now saying, forget the garments of the past. Be clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And the gifts continued. There were 10 male donkeys, 10 female donkeys, and they were all loaded with goods and food. There was enough for the return journey with Israel. And what do you think it means when Joseph said, see that you do not become troubled along the way? Dear friends, I have thought about this many times, actually, this one phrase here. And at first I thought it might be similar to something that I always say as people are leaving. I will say, drive safely. And in fact, among my children, it has become a joke. My children will say something like, thanks, Dad. You know, until you said that, I was planning on driving kind of recklessly and unsafe in an unsafe manner. But now, because you said that, you asked me to drive safe. Now I'm going to be safe. And we all kind of get a good chuckle out of it. But, you know, I do think that Joseph wanted them to drive safely, so to speak. But there is, as always, in God's word, there is something more here. Joseph is saying, my brothers, please do not fight. Please do not argue or quarrel as you have time to reflect on the events of the past during this journey. You know, I can only imagine them getting into it on the way. Someone would say, well, it was my idea to put Joseph in the pit. You wanted to kill him. And another might say, well, like you think that's better somehow? You're just as interested, all you were interested in was profit. That's what you care about. And then somebody else chimes in, you know, well, what are we going to tell our father? I'm not telling him, you tell him. And somebody else jumps in, you know, you never really loved Joseph anyway. And there's, there's always the chance that someone would point to Benjamin and say, aren't you special? You got 300 pieces of silver and five changes of clothes. And you're nothing but a baby when all this history happened. What do you know about anything? And it could go on and on. And Joseph is saying to them, if I could be kind of blunt about it, he's saying, cool it. After all we've been through, it's not worth it. Don't fight. Please don't fight. No more fighting. We've come too far. We've been reunited. Forget it. Let's love one another like brothers are supposed to do. And I pointed this out before, but here it is yet again in verses 25 and 28. We see that when anyone in the Old Testament leaves a pagan nation and heads toward Israel or Jerusalem, they are always going up. And likewise, anytime you see someone heading out of Israel or Jerusalem and they're going to another city, they are always going down. And in this case, they went down to Egypt and now they will be going up to Canaan where Israel is. And in verse 26, we see that it is Jacob's heart which stood still because he did not believe the brothers. But by verse 28, his name is changed back to Israel when he complies and accepts the truth and agrees to go see Joseph. And you see at this point now, 
It's all out in the open. The story is revealed. All the lies and the deceit and the deceit. It has now all been exposed. And so we find ourselves at the end of another chapter and the close of an episode. And I know this one is short compared to what I usually do. But again, there's so much to learn from the life of Joseph. And I am only scratching the surface. I encourage you to read and study this material on your own and grow in Christ and meditate upon the precious word of God. So until the next time, have a blessed day. Amen. again for listening to the forge podcast and don't forget to leave a review with comments let me hear from you leave a voice message through the link i hope and pray that you find ways to apply the truths of god's word in daily living remember dear christian you are forgiven it is by grace that you've been saved through faith may you grow in christ in the study of the bible and truly overcome wounds that were caused by sinful choices and actions of the past. I also pray that you are always reforming, seeking to glorify God in all that you say and do. Remember to be grateful to God for what he is working out, not only in you, but in all his creation as well. And lastly, be encouraged. Encouraged to serve God and others as you grow in him.